Yes, Kim Nas had said it. That has been the first uh, interview. Let's get to the second. Let's get to the second. And it's gonna feature Free Boy. Free Boy Adams. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. You sound to be. You sound so sleepy. Uh, yeah, I was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> so I hijacked you. Yeah, but it's all fine. It's all good. Otherwise, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. And uh, you're welcome to the podcast. So, thank you. Thank you. It's actually my first time of hosting in my life. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, actually the first time we're talking. Yeah, though we've walked miles and miles together. Okay, somebody will be asking himself who Freeboy is, because they may see the names trending here and there. But who is Freeboy? Uh, Freeboy is a very proud Lubara boy, mm. and uh, Freeboy stands for Free Creative Mind. Free Creative Mind. Yeah, somebody will have a very free creative mind, meaning uh, hey, creative mind. Yes. Yes, yeah, in the industry that I'm in. Mm. Uh, creativity is all I offer. Like it's what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah, too much creativity. Yes. So when did you start this creativity, musical creativity? Uh, it started off uh, from my primary school. That was in uh, back in uh, Navagirika Primary School. Navagirika mm. uh, mm. uh, Primary School was actually. Uh, uh, around uh, Chisenyi, where yeah. I, I was yeah. actually raised. Mm. Yes, I was born and raised in Chisenyi. That mm. is the small ghetto. That was in 1998. That was when I was born in 1998. Okay. So, raised there, started from that side and all that. And then, I got to, I think that was in 2002. That was when I officially came to Arua. The first time you went to Arua? The first time, yes, I came to North North my 2002. Yes, 2002. Mm. Yes, but uh, this whole uh, creativity of music began back in school in primary. Even when I got to uh, Arua Hill from Kampala, mm. I was uh, I was also part of the MDD group mm. in Arua Hill here, and we, we were also together with uh, the late Jack P. We are also in the same MDD group. Mm. Jack P was playing uh, instrument as well. Me, I was into singing and drama. Okay. And we won ourselves actually awards. Yeah. And we, that was the first time we beat um, a Windy Primary at its game. Mm. Yes. In our the MDD. MDD. Yes. So. Mm. And actually, at some point, I was also part of the MDD in Arua Hill Primary, but that was in 2006. Yeah. So, it's that simple that um, it was something that uh, began from way back. It was something in, in, in born. It was not something that I just picked up from. Okay. Yeah. Now, talking of music, wh- which year did you produce your first music? Uh, the year that I produced, uh, probably, let me just simply ask you question. When was it? Uh, was it not 2000 and uh, when audio work production was set? That was 2000 and 
I, I actually got to know of audio wave in 2005 around there that was when i started following music a bit yes because we were the first people also i'm among the list of the first people who recorded with audio wave okay yes when it was set up so right now how many songs do you have in total i really can't tell <laughs> you're serious <laughs> i can't tell because i have a lot of work out there you have over 200 songs too much because there are some songs even i did and i even forgot about them there are mm. some that i produced and they just went unnoticed mm. it's just too much because actually i don't write music mm. you just go and I, sing I, I just i've never actually i even don't remember a time that i sat down and i wrote a song but what took you so long to come on in the limelight So by then there were only two studios, Audio Wave and Jomic. Actually, uh, but when I began, even Audio Wave was not set because I started, I kicked off my music career uh, with uh, drama. Mm. Meaning I, I could then start mining with a mistaken identity. That is the mother uh, mm-hmm. drama group that that we know. Yeah, true. Mistaken identity and... Uh, that was when I joined with the Greek Zagas, mm. who was actually then called Toko. Toko, yes, yes. And, Toko uh, Karim. Other team members, yes. And that was in 2002. Mm. We were acting in the drama. We could take actually drama from Arua to, no, from um, actually Arua town itself to Regem. Mm. But people could walk from Arua town, from Mbachiwea to go and watch us in Regem. I actually remember because I used to be in Awindiri. We used to just stay in Awindiri and we would walk over to Ragem. Up to Ragem Beach. Mm. We could take shows there. Then we could go also to the youth center. That was in uh, Adiofe. Adiofe, mm. you see. So mm. That is how we began. And uh, how we actually advertised we never had registration because by mm. then we were listening to Paida. And the beach bouncer was one of the biggest presenters that we could listen to. And nature Sam. And that nature sound. So you see, that is how the industry began. And and um, to say I was part of the people that actually mm. uh, was there to watch it grow. Because me, my 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 fame began where there was no Facebook, no WhatsApp, no registration, no what. But I was already famous. Mm. All the schools in our town, I was already known. Mm. Yes, I love that. 
So currently, should we say your music is transferring from West Nile to Central? Uh, not, not really like that. But then I, I think uh, in uh, in all aspects we always need a, you know, mm. life what we call change, mm. and uh, change is really important in life because if we don't. Uh, if we don't put some changes in life, then we might not see ourselves there. Mm. I think uh, it is uh, it is what I call development, mm. <laughs> if I may call it that. That that yes. for for uh, a district or a district given that there are some changes that should be made, mm. and uh, for that. You said you came, you went to West Nile in 2002. That was your first time of going to Arua. That was my very first time. So, have you been in Arua since 2002 up to date, or there was also a great period where you went out of town for some time? Okay, so when I came officially uh, to Arua in 2002, holidays I could still go back to Kampala and stay in Kampala with my uh, relatives. You actually told me from Kacheka. Yes, Kacheka, that is in Barara. So mm. um, I could go stay with them because all of them are actually there. So I could go there and then during school time, I, I come back. So I was actually off and on, off and on. So the fact that you began, I should say you began most of your, most of your musical life in Arua. Where now um, I discovered myself because I had the chance of joining drama groups, mm, which exposed of, you. Yes, and then you know life was simple back in Arua because in Kampala it wasn't really that easy. And then, and then now in Arua I realized I had now more time mm. to concentrate because you know the industry was still budging. Mm. Uh, there was no you know enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, creativity that I was put in the industry. That's what you see when I came back in 2002. I was the back how do you call it? Backslides, and everybody was amazed. Mm-hmm. I was doing the break dances and everything. Like, how does he do it? And all that. And mm-hmm. I think that's what made me really unique. And then uh, the act that I came with, because even back in Kampala, when I was still a kid, I was, I used to sing. I used to sing songs from the Ashes. You remind me. You know, Arakeli, Storm is over. Mm. You know, so I used to really mind them very well. Like, minding in a way that I used to sing. I mimic them mm. perfectly. And that is how I actually myself that thing back here in Arua because I think there was nobody who was doing it like me back then. So you, say, you had to set the trend? Yes, I set up the trend. And actually, I, I, I was really doing good. Like, very, very good. That, that, I think I was all student favorite. 
because when I got around by then the tokos were basically doing lingala and it was all about um, drama yeah acting it was mm. too much of acting in lingala so when I came in I used to mind the songs from Chameleon from Asha Raymond mm. from the Black Eyed King so many songs that I used to call to you know do. so I also brought up a different kind of uh, trend Actually, remember, yeah, you also are the gentleman called Osoa. He has been working with Gaga Coach. Then a gentleman called Anguzu. You guys used to be called the Michael Jacksons in Arua. Yeah, yeah, long time, long time, very long time. That's why I understand. But then, how do you tame the West Nile music, like the support home or support gear towards home music? Uh, the support back home, I must say... Our people love our music. That's what I can say. Our people really love our music. It's only that we are the ones who are supposed to shape the music. Mm. And uh, it begins uh, straight from the media, mm. uh, the media personnel and everybody. Because, you see, the people love the music. But mm. we must make the people actually uh, get to respect the people actually behind the creativity and the music. Because if we don't give them that kind of... because Now that's why I come in with shaping. Mm. Because already the people, you know, it is it is show business. Music is show business. Mm. But what kind of show business are you giving people out there? Because I used to remember, um, I still remember when uh, they used to call uh, Western artists in some of our own um, papers uh, here on Hello. Hello used to be, yeah, there were some articles. Yeah, hello, about, Papa, about yes. Westnail, yes, about Westnail artists being rock, being what, mm. being lousy and everything. And, and you see, that kind of image that we kind of portray to the people out there is what makes the people lose it for us. Mm. Yeah? So it is up to us, the media personalities, uh, whoever loves Westnail music, mm. it's up to us to shape it, to give it a very different picture. Mm. Yeah? That and, it deserves. It, yes, that is how people are going to learn to respect us. People are going to learn to to, to support us, to come in, in, in full swing because they want to watch these people that they always talk about. So, uh, music is all about branding and marketing. The mm. way you market your product, the way we market our product to our people mm. is what our people is going to take in because if we market our, our artists as losers, as rock, rock artists, as people who have nothing to do as you know we, we keep on marketing peace mm. you know we look at things of that kind then and also we are the same people who talk about shaping the industry then I think we are losing it there sure but then how do you tell me support personal or personal or the support towards your music especially after you got signed to Viva Entertainment uh, come again Like, I mean, how do you rate your support home, uh, back home, like those days and when you got signed to Viva Entertainment? Is there some difference? Like, has there been that difference in the support towards your music back home in West Nile? Uh, the support, the support is not that kind of match. Mm. Yeah, so you're trying they... to say it was better before than after you got signed to Viva Media? Yeah, I... You know, yes, I best believe people people want you around them. Mm. And uh, people don't don't believe that 
you know, at some point in time, there is also a change in life. Mm. You know, when people are used to being around them, they always think that is how it's meant to be. You're always supposed to be there. Mm. Once you, 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 you try to, you know, twist a little bit, and that is when the whole, the whole story it. changes. Mm. Yes, the whole story changes, and there are so many things that will come with that. Uh, you know, no one would want to hear you. They will think maybe now you think you're big. You think that, you know, and mm. all these are just personal imaginations and what they think that means. Mm. You know, stop in every move that you take in life. If it is mostly foreign, because now this what I'm trying to do is kind of foreign to them because they, they some of them, some of my supporters are the ones who are actually the the current era. Mm. Actually, don't know who Freeboy is, so they don't have any idea about who I am, how I got to start doing this music. They just started listening to me recently when I had a hit song with Magic. Mm. This is an era which forgot about the Freeboy, or they miss getting to know the Freeboy that I used to be, those kinds of mistaken identities. So some of them don't really know me. Mm. So since they started this, this, because it really took me long to buy and people's love because of the kind of music I was doing. They, they used not to believe in R&B. They used to think, okay, uh, a guy in Monduru, he mm. thinks he's a Munduat and all that kind of thing. Mm. So it, it was hard for them to believe that the look that actually would actually sing English. Mm. Perfect. And then... So, uh, uh, so that is why you see the era that is now following me, that era that... If they get to know where I come from, my, my hustle, my struggle and everything, they would actually support the fact that I've actually moved on. Mm. That is why you see they yeah, they are all silent and yes, I don't blame them don't blame them for that. And I remember after you had your you know, after releasing Sabala, then Chris at least you are in these media houses around Kampala doing a whole, you know, premiering the song and all that. Yeah. And then I understand, at least me, I didn't watch the interviews, but at least from what I kept hearing, that you denied coming from West Nile. And whenever you were being asked, you wouldn't mention anything related to West Nile. You were saying you grew up in Kisenyi, you studied here, every life of yours has been Kisenyi and the other side. So they feel you have that, you actually left, you forgot the attachment you have with West Nile. <laughs> Now you see, I love, I love, I love this topic. Mm. This is a topic that I, I will also still live to clarify and, and, and live to ashamed. Apparently, I really want you to clarify on that because that's too many, to, to many, which we even feel up to now has really dropped your support back home. Okay. Mm. Uh, first of all, let's very, let's be very realistic. The people behind me are Lubaras. You know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yes. My promoters are Lubara. I know that. They don't come from anywhere. Mm. So if, if they themselves didn't find any mistake in my interview, <laughs> I'm wondering how <laughs> my people saw any mistake from it. <laughs> because they are the ones spending the money here. Mm. <laughs> you see? Yeah. But they were okay. They were happy with the, with the thing. And I think it's the reason why we are still together. Mm. So let's get back now to, to my interview. Mm. <laughs> When I went to NBS after five, after five years, they asked me, mm. "Hey boy, where are you from?" Mm. Even before you actually get to an interview, there are what we call the the 
before the interview the things that they ask you before mm. and they ask you what you feel you should be asked mm. because they just don't want you to go there and just I mess up them, mess you know? around yeah. yes so i was already you know talking to them about alua mm. <laughs> i was already before even the interview me Douglas and the whole team we were talking about alua the artists there how how the music is that time mm. yeah because mm. i had already introduced to them i already introduced myself to them as a lubara mm. you see so when i got on tv this is what happened Douglas asked me where are you from i told Douglas, i'm from the west nile mm. alua mm. now this is my question is that not enough for identity it's enough aha uh-huh. then i also asked somebody if i was going to go on that tv station and i was putting on i am west nile t-shirt mm. or a 303 brand written on it west nile my home just a t-shirt mm. is that not enough for identity <laughs> that identifies you you see <laughs> mm. people want to attach try mm. when you talk the language that is when they want to feel satisfied that you're one of them we have so many lubaras who are out there mm. they're even more proud than even the ones who actually speak it fluently mm. yeah mm. they have even raised the flag for even the ones back home here who feel they understand the language so much that they actually they, the ones who are actually satisfied lubaras mm. when they are doing nothing Mm. At least for me I went on the national TV and talked about Arua with Nile. Mm. They already know. Mm. The the talent that comes out from there. But who are you to stand there and say you denied? You know, mm. I think also some people should try to 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 work on their English properly. Mm. So did I deny the question? I simply said I was a lumbara. Then they asked me to stick it. Mm. you bring your people back home if 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 if, if anyone thinks my brother go back and maybe they really feel they want to shame me they can go back and pick because i guess even nbs still has those recordings yeah they are there. Yeah. they can go pick the tapes and mm. try to play them again mm. i was asked after saying out from arua because they were surprised mm. so they were like can you speak it can you greet your people in that language and then i told them I can't speak it fluently. That is when now the haters and people who think they know more caught that when I said I can't speak it fluently. Hey, so them to them now is I I I denied. Mm. But the fact that they asked me to speak my language was enough to tell them that I had already accepted that I was a Lumbara. Mm-hmm. But I also can't deny the fact that my mom comes from the central mm. from the western. From, yeah, western. So also that contributes a lot with my upcoming I was raised. Okay. This is because I was raised that side. Mm. I never grew up with my people. Mm. Please and tell you my relatives even some of them I'm still getting to know them. Others even don't know me. Mm. And these are my relatives. Why? Because I was not raised from here. Mm. Yeah, my setting I grew up in a completely different setting. So they should forgive look but I can't speak it. But they should be proud of the fact that I represent Bua. I And don't you identify the yourself. language. Yes. 
that I don't represent the language that I speak. I represent the people from that place. Okay. So if they wanted me to speak, <laughs> then I'm so disappointed in them. Mm. Yeah, because what is identifying yourself attached to, to speaking some the language? Mm. Even when I got my passport, I did not have to speak Lubara. True. You see? True. To let them know I was a Lubara. Okay. And and uh, yesterday, there was a story that ran about you on westnailexposed.com mm. where you earlier on discussed mm. with us that uh, your social media handles have all been surrendered to the current yeah. management. And actually, this week, you are also going to lose the phone, perhaps get another number to use, and you're losing the current number that you've been using Okay, all this while. And somebody in the management will be handling it. Mm. Can you verify that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is uh, also something I would like to talk about. Who is actually running my my social media? My social media right now is uh, it's my manager, my social media manager. Mm. Uh, we've been doing a lot of renovations uh, as far as the branding and marketing is concerned. Mm. Uh, first of all, people need to know that um, as an artist, there are so many things that music requires. Mm. And uh, we get to learn about these things when now it becomes too serious. Mm. At the beginning, it is you to pick the calls, the business calls, because you're the own boss and all that. And then, uh, uh, then you get yourself some manager who you're trying to get. Put as a manager who will be like having also his, his own money fund. And then, at this point in time, uh, management takes all that mm. from you. Yeah. Uh, your social media handles, uh, some of the things that they feel are, are too exposed. Mm. And they don't want you to be very exposed with, 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 with contacts with people. Yeah. So that's the first thing they take off to you. And that has happened with all artists. Mm. So if some of them think when they are chatting, with uh, John Black, that's why you realize there are so many John Blacks on what? Mm. <laughs> we have so many thinkers, so many winning wages. Mm. And you will ne- not even get to know who is winning wages that you say because there are so many. Yeah, true. And all these handles are being run by the social media personnel. Mm. But for the start, Free Boy only has one social media manager that Viva Entertainment can be able to pay. Mm. So that is the guy who actually basically now does my job because he has the password, he has taken everything off my hand. Mm. From Instagram, from um, my Facebook page, Twitter, and all that, it is him. Mm. So for my friends, I'm really sorry for those who actually uh, keep on hitting him with words because he's telling me he's finding it hard even to let these people know. Mm. Uh, that even they had an idea of actually turning the personal account into a pay, mm. which I don't know how they normally do, but they can transfer that, yeah, they can it, change. It does, it does, yeah. Yes, my personal account into a page. Mm. That if worse goes worse, they can try to do that. But I told them not can keep the personal account, they mm. just maintain it. Mm. So if whoever is there thinks that that is still going, then I don't know, because they're trying to renovate. It is under renovation. That, okay. that account. Okay. So and then, have you 
as Freeboy calculated the risks that could come with that? Uh, the risks are perfectly calculated because we also have what we call uh, paperwork and, uh, you know, contract. Mm. We've signed. So that. should the contract end, then you can be able to recover or have back your media social media accounts? Yes. Okay. It is under contract. It's under contract. Everything is perfectly set. Mm. And uh, even the social media guy is going to work as an employee. And if his time is to end, and if in case he, does, he tries to do any quarter for because remember, these people are home people who are mm. supporting yeah, true. Meaning they have love yeah. for their work, and, and, and they gain nothing from my social media handle. That is not where they get their money or anything. Mm. So I am the one who got the person who should run the social media, okay. and uh, they basically gave him the job and they paid him. Okay. So he basically does that, and if his time comes and he says he wants to leave, I can still run my thing, I can change all the all the passwords and everything and still get back to my thing as we look for someone else okay. to take over. And that but, sounds promising. Yes, that's how we do it. That's how organized it is. Okay. So my number, I think probably next week, it might also be off or used by someone else. Mm. Yes, they are taking it off my hands because they feel it's exposed to so many people that it is not good also for the brand and marketing. Absolutely. Yes. But hope are with us, we shall have the new contact. Oh. Uh, and then I think you people would have to now uh, get into in touch now with the manager because now they want to be there now. So, okay. so everything will be under the manager. the manager. Yes, under the management. Management will take in the calls, take in the business calls, mm. talk to anybody, and yes. Okay. Whoever will be taking care of the phone number will also be there. Mm. will choose who maybe my manager not the social media manager okay yeah so as we conclude what could be your last word to the listeners of this podcast there was really too much I really wanted to talk about but uh, first and foremost I think there is something I need to talk about self-hate okay. yeah feel free self-hate mm. uh, I've gotten to realize that uh, we as Lubara people have what we call self-hate and this is something that is, uh, it is, it is genetic, mm. if I may say. Uh, so many people, or so many of us keep on wondering why there is too much hate in the industry, why there is too much hate, mm. uh, even politically, yeah? Mm-hmm. This thing is genetic. Mm. Genetic in a way that, you know, West Nile itself, West Nile has been, uh, has gone through a lot. Mm. Yeah, through a lot of suffering. Much West Nile has been oppressed from the very word go, mm. from its history. West Nile was governed by the by the British and the Egyptian, mm. who governed it under South Sudan. That was way back, mm. and we were basically slaves. We were used. Yeah. From then, our encounter came back again, and we were also taken under the Congo Free State mm. under the President Roosevelt. Yeah. And most of these West Nilers or us Lubaras were taken to work in the in the plantation nanny. In the yeah? farms. In the farms and everything. Mm. Under the Congo Free State. As Shambas. Shambas. Mm. Our third encounter was when we were actually taken in eh, as the Uganda 
under the Ugandan protectorate mm. by the British and us we are taken to Entebbe to go and be cooks, mm-hmm. security guards for this British. Mm. Most of our women, ladies, were left. They were mistreated. Mm. We had that hate. We started experiencing too much oppression that we even realized no one can tell us shit because we are suffering. You know, why? Why did all this happen? It's because there was no what we call a centralized system of what? Governor. Mm. Like, there was no that system. If you get to realize we never had a centralized system of governance, there was no one that West Nile, whether you're Kereke and whether you're from Maringa, where that one person that all of us would listen to and talk. Mm. It was not there. Mm. We were all scattered. Mm. No one was listening to anyone. Mm. It was everyone for himself. Like, people were doing it that way. And how the history of how even Arua came to settle. Mm. It's also funny how the the Protestants who came from um from Congo who mm. came through Vura. You see? Yeah. These ones taught the Vura people how to read and write. They set up churches mm. for them. Mm. And then we had others who came through Aliqua. Yeah, Aliqua. Aliqua mm. who set up the three um churches. Mm. We have Mbara. Mm, yeah, mm. and these other ones, the, the Aliqua. Mm. I don't know how it's called. Aliqua, yeah. They, yes, they set up all those things, and also they taught those people formal much education. Mm. You see, and then we have the Nubian and the Indians, mm. the Nubians from South Sudan and the Indians who actually came to settle themselves in Arua town. Mm-hmm. These ones were mostly Islam. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, and when they settled them in Arua towns, that is how the Aringa people came from there, and they came to work mm. on what these people had set up, like dukas. Mm. They were dukas. Basically, we had dukas in Arua town, which were run by the Indians and the Nubians. Yeah, true. And these people were Muslims, and that is how Aringas came to work there as shopkeepers, as cooks, as what mm. in those dukas. That's why we have Duka Road. Yeah. Now, when people themselves here, they basically taught Arigas madrasa. Mm. They were taken for madrasa. They were not allowed to go and get a formal education. Mm. So most Aringa boys just went to madrasa, and that was enough for them, you see? Mm. And now, that's how the history or the story of Arua always Nile, Arua actually was divided, you see? Yeah. Now, you see, there was nothing centralized. There was nothing. And mm. we keep on asking, why are Uganda, why do we listen more from Uganda? It's because Uganda had a Kavaka. Mm. Whether you were coming from Masako, when the Kavaka stood up, whether you were Uganda from Mayukwe, Chivichi, mm. Kayunga, you would mm. listen to the Kavaka. Mm. It was the center of mm. what? Of the Bagandas. Of the Bagandas. Mm. We never had that one in our room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why am I saying all this? The history best explains the people. Mm. Yeah, it simply tells you why we still have all these, these you know, these gaps mm. in our music industry as well. Mm. And not only the music industry, but also in the parliament. Mm. Mm. It best explains to you who we are. So we suffered for so long that we got to a point in We've been so divided, mm. and as long as 
we don't see the change that we want to see. It is high time we see the change that we want to see. It's the generation now is still going to to, to write the same story that our ancestors wrote before. Mm. Then there will never be a change. Absolutely. Let's learn to love ourselves, learn our product. And as we say, music is universal. It's a universal language. Chameleon has in Bongo and Zambi, mm. in Congolese, but look at how they're supporting it back in Kampala. It's getting airplay. It's on the countdown. Apparently, it's even one of my best songs in the country now. You see? Mm. But it's Chameleon in Congolese. No. Now, why do they point fingers at people who have just sung in Uganda? Mm. This thing never started now. It started when I actually relocated to Kampala. Kampala is still part of Uganda. Kampala is not London. Kampala is not South Africa. Mm. Kampala is Uganda. Mm. I am free to relocate myself anywhere because I am Ugandan. Mm. You are a Ugandan as well. Mm. Very passive for you. Aren't you in Kampala? I'm in Kampala, yes. Should, should we now call you a Muganda since you're not part of, of Arua? You're obviously, not in Arua. Obviously, no. Kampala is just nothing. Mm. Kampala is just like you traveling from Arua to somewhere. Yeah. Or even coming from Arua to Nebi, or just to Pakwach, you know, just yes. Hulu. Just so we have this tendency, we've had this tendency, because we, 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 I told you it is, it is something genetic. Mm. We've, we've been oppressed for so long, but mm. even this thing has affected the generation, the generation and generation. Mm. Now it is high time we start changing it. When I sang in Uganda, I was basically putting up a statement. And the statement that I told my people would be proud of. Mm. I sang a local folk sound of the Baganda. That is Kadongo Kamu. That is the kind of music that represents the Uganda. Yeah. That is their sound. But I sang it, I beat them at their own game. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, why I did it, it's because when I first, when I told them I was a look, but I realized they weren't buying that idea. Mm. Then I said, okay. If you people think you are the only ones who can do what you're doing, let me do what you're doing and do it best and Challenges. do it more to challenge you people. Mm. And I think that is the kind of spirit we should have, like liberals. And, and, and liberals should fight so hard. And, and, and if you want to take over this industry, if you want to take over even sports, mm. let's do what people think they are best at and do it even more. Mm. And that is how we're going to be recognized. We should learn to take space, to take part in anything, in mm. any kind of system. Let's take over the system. Mm. Make sure now, right now, they, they feel so small because how can a Lubara do something like that? How can a Lubara do and better, better song than them? Better than us. Mm-hmm. We've been sleeping. Mm. They never get time to listen to, to Kadongo Kamu. They thought Kadongo Kamu has gone. Mm. That they're even comparing me with the legend that you were was. Imagine. You see that? The mm. Shebari. Mm. Is that one not something that other liberals should look at and say, okay, I think this is how we should actually put up a statement or make a statement? Mm. Uganda is just the language. Mm. Uganda has nothing on me. It is just a language. I'm free to speak any language. I'm free to speak Spanish. I'm free to sing in any language because life that I am living and I need to embrace that. Sure. But the more we're going to put tribe into this business, the more we are going to say, ah, the singing in Uganda is not part of us, then we are going to fail. Sure. Music is commercial. 
and it's a universal language. It is universal. It cuts across everywhere. People mm. who actually love Nkwate, even some of them, are Kenyans. Like this lady, she's called Doreen, Joy. Joy Doreen. She works with KPN TV yeah. in Nairobi. She mm. did, uh, you can check the out... The challenge, uh, actually. So the challenge. Yes. This lady is respected. She's a Kenyan. Even she said, I don't really understand mm. this song, what they were singing about. But given the fact that I love the melody, the rhythm, and the cultural part of it, that is what it is. Mm. But she's Swahili. <laughs> mm, yeah. But it made us feel she's East African. So let's sell our culture. The way it's called Sabala. Mm. People go to know the word Sabala. Sabala actually played even in Kampala, even in, on those streets. It used to play. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I used to move, like, whenever I would move on the streets, I'll hear it playing, like, in these other places where they sell phones, these techno places, yes. you know? It is simply because I sat down and said, what are we missing? Mm. In Arua here, I'm the guy who actually said, no, we should give Duluka an ear. Mm. The same thing I've done with Kadongo Kam. I think I try to push myself to listening to more of folk music because there's too much sound that we're missing. Mm. As far as we are going to do Nigerian what is Nigerian sound, that is not going to identify you. Mm. I want something unique. It's why Sabala was a hit. It's because it is what was a unique sound. <laughs> surely, surely. You see? And, and Sabala is not far from this same Kadongo Kam pattern. Yeah, it's not, it's not. For them, it's Kadongo Kam, their local music is Kadongo Kam, ours is Duluka. Yeah. But you see, I tried to renovate their Kadongo Kam the same way I renovated Duluka. Mm. That's how I did it. Which is actually working out. And it's working out. So, artists should not only limit themselves to, 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 to listening to, you know, the current sound. Mm. Don't listen to what is, don't go with one goal because the other one because um, um, this guy is called who? Because Whiskey has this sound. I should do this sound. I think it's all about discovering yourself and finding yourself and knowing what is unique. unique at, but also trying to be artistic in your thing. Look, to, I do some research. As a musician, do a lot of research. Mm. Don't just listen to mainstream music. Listen to also music that people think is not working because that is how I've managed to make a national hit. Absolutely. Because I listened to something people were, had put there. People have forgotten off. and left it to go already. And left it to go mm. in decades. And I think this is what has made the song special mm. because they did not believe a young guy would bring back this sound. And I think the reason why even Swan Raven called me for a collab because if you see, I already had my single mm-hmm. and I'd already released it and that's how it fell into their hands and they're like, wow, this is beautiful sound. Yeah, but what is beautiful sound? Beautiful sound is the sound that was there before but you people failed mm-hmm. to work on it. Mm-hmm. The reason why we respect Banaboy is because he brought back Felakuti. Yeah. Banaboy Banaboy Felakuti sound. So we should learn to trust back then and look at us and start to think what can make us because here we are we are up to bringing back the pride mm. it doesn't matter in which language where you come from provided you, you identify your local identifying in a way that you don't need to be forced to speak the language for people, for people to know or to even think in that language mm. provided you carry the flag and say i am 
Lebanon. West Nile, maybe. That's enough. Yes, that is it. We don't need a lot of explanations. There, okay, you pick your national ID. Let's even pass it. You go to TV next time. You put your national ID there. Please remove your documents so so that the whole world. Like this is what. Like I'm just trying to give it to mankind kind of thinking. They want me to go with my national ID. Maybe get get a paper also from the RNC. Absolutely, you've said it all, and I really can't digest it anymore. Mm, Apparently, time is always against. uh, It's always not our best ally. And I must say, I'm really humbled by all you've said, and I actually look forward to having you again very, very soon. Thanks, very, you. very Thanks, And uh, I really love what you're doing. Keep on doing what you're doing because the future of personal music, the future of, of, of the entertainment history, and this is us now. Absolutely. It, uh, the, the, the future is in our hands. The changes are in our hands. We are the ones who create the changes, to set the trends. And uh, I pray that we all um, try to do something with our with our history and uh, forget about the Romans, forget about the age, and... Uh, Believe in God. Surely, God surely. Fast. You've yeah. said it all. Thanks, thank you very, very much, Free Boy Adams Mandela. Thanks a lot, Mr. Derek Pass. All right. For all right. That has been Free Boy. He has said it all. From me, Derek Pass, have yourself a blessed and fruitful time.